0: Hello there. My name is Xian and welcome to episode three of this podcast. I first created a video conversation with a friend on her experience of caregiving, looking after her mother until she passed. I'm curious as to how she coped and what kind of support she had. After that, I thought it would be a great idea to approach the Carers Foundation in Queensland to create a series of stories showcasing carers of different age groups. I wanted to contribute in my own ways, especially when we are still suffering from the impact of bushfire and now with the pandemic when donations for -for not-for-profit organisations are low And critical. After the conversation with Emma and Jasmine, I realized this is also personal for me as I have watched the effect and changes caregiving have had on my sister who looked after my father for many years. Emma and Jasmine are young carers who started giving care at 10 years old not only am I moved by their story, I'm in awe at their resilience and how well balanced they are as young adults. One of the takeouts for me, in the words of the sisters, advocate for yourself. One of the things I'm consciously working on is self advocating, knowing my needs and how to get them. There are just under 3 million caregivers in Australia and many are unpaid, informal, and without training. For new or any carers out there, if you required any support or just a conversation with someone who shared the same experience with you, please reach out to carers organization in your local area or contact the Carers Foundation. This is Emma and Jasmine's story. Maybe we should start by just uh, doing a bit of introduction, uh, Mm -hmm. just telling us your name, and because there's two of you, how you guys are related.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yep. You know, um, so and, where,
0: and where you are at, you know, are you in Queensland or, you know? That-
1: um, I'm Jasmine and... I'm Emma. Uh, we're actually twins. We're identical twins. <laughs> um, and we're in Queensland at the moment. Yeah.
0: So I know um, Ronnie talk a bit about um, you guys became carers uh, really young. How did you both become uh, carers? Who were you caring for? Okay.
1: Um, so we were caring for our mum. She had an autoimmune disease called scleroderma. Um, she was diagnosed when we were about 10, 10-ish around then. Um, and then, but it wasn't until in high school where we started our actual caring duties, like picking up more chores around the house, cooking, cleaning, you know, all Yeah. The- yeah, I'd say that's about right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when we went to high school, it was kind of full-time. So our dad worked full-time. Um, we both attended uni, so in between... Oh, that, was a, that was when we went to uni, not high school. <laughs> oh, yeah, so when we went to uni, we started, um, yeah, caring more full-time. So you can care. Okay, um, so we started attending uni full-time, and then between each of our schedules, we would... Each day off, we would allocate to be home um, and looking after our mum, doing everything around the house, Um, you know, helping her out, going helping her to get to the toilet, getting medication, that type of thing. Um, Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Breakfast, lunch,
0: dinner. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel um, taking up all this uh, responsibility at such a young age?
1: It was pretty stressful, but we actually quite enjoyed it. Um, Um, It's weird because... We, you don't really think about it as picking up extra work. You just think about it as doing more work around the house. So for us, it wasn't really like, oh, it's this big responsibility. It, yeah. it wasn't until someone, a social worker pointed out to us it's that not normal. it's not a normal yeah. thing to be doing that type of stuff. So, and then when we went to see Ronnie, she was like, yeah, you're a carer. And we yeah. were like, no, we're not. We're just helping we're out. <laughs> we're just looking after our mum. It's what you do. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, but I would say it definitely got stressful in uni when we were going to uni. Yes, because we were both full-time students and full-time carers. Yeah, does so, that makes sense?
0: Yes. So, did you feel uh, any different from other uh, your friends at school, or?
1: Um, it was. I wouldn't necessarily say different. Like most of our friends knew that like our mum was sick and that we were. Looking after her more during the weekends. So it was more instead of spending time with friends on the weekends We'd do as much as we could with our mum as a family. Yeah, so we'd take beach trips and stuff While she could. Yeah, I think I felt more different in university because I Mean I was younger than everyone in my class. I didn't turn 18 until about a year into university So I couldn't go out anyway I found I was excluded a lot from social events and I wasn't able to attend them because I had to be at home. Yeah. So that's where I think I felt the most different was in university. Yeah, because... But it's easy to understand how people can feel really left out and different in high school. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. I found that, um, you know, like my whole class would go to the movies and Mm. you couldn't go to the movies because you had to be at home at a specific time to take over... The role that Jazz was doing to give her a break when I came home. Or well, so I can rush off to uni. Or she could rush off yeah. to uni. Like, there was always, like, 20 minutes in between where we like, would pass each other walking and be like, hi, bye. Yeah, She's off to uni and I'm coming home to help, help mum out. Um, hmm. So I'd say that freedom you would normally get, we didn't necessarily get. Which is fine because we enjoyed yeah. it. But you definitely feel more left out when you've got that extra freedom. Yeah. After high school. That's what
0: I found anyway. I know you keep, uh, you say that you enjoy doing the tasks. Did you feel being left out?
1: Hmm. You know,
0: what else did you feel? Did you feel any resentment or?
1: Um, I kind of. So like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I, I did kind of find it annoying at times. It would get really frustrating that I just couldn't sit in my room and be alone. I had to be constantly doing other stuff or like I would finally get five minutes break and mum would need something. It's yeah. Like, ugh yeah but at the end of the day she's also our mom yeah so you kind of it was everything we did it was out of love it wasn't necessarily because we had to like there's i don't think there's necessary resentment but i think there is an overall frustration that we did have to do it alone um but it's also the other way is our mom felt like she was a burden to us as well so it's, it's like she thought we were a burden and it was also super frustrating but we all loved each other and we did it out of we, we did it out of love as much, if, as much as we didn't like doing those things she didn't like us having to do them either yes because she wanted us to be normal teenage kids and we just weren't and we weren't anyway um we enjoy our family time and we yeah. did i enjoyed um, spending time with mum. Yeah. so, so yeah. yeah
0: so how did you do how did you both deal with your frustrations
1: um, it's a good question, actually. I don't think we did. <laughs> no, um, I think there would be a couple of, like, out, like outburst, outburst moments of just frustration. I think I yelled but, and cried a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, I, I went to therapy a lot. So I got to talk to a therapist a lot about it. So that really helped me. Yeah, we did a lot of counselling. Yeah. Um. I spent a lot of time with a couple of friends, like, if things got, like, I just got super frustrated and Jas was home, I was like, no, I need to leave, like, just yeah. put it, getting myself out of that situation, and, like, we were lucky, lucky enough to did, have that, though. Yeah, we were lucky enough to have friends that understood that, like, if I texted them going, I need to leave, like, they would come pick me up and would go have coffee somewhere or, like, go to the movies, because they understood that it was just frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Um, but other than that, we're still dealing with that um lots like, of therapy still we're still <laughs> processing our emotions from that time yeah. and we still will be doing that for a while i think
0: yeah. yeah i assume it's 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 very difficult um especially when you're growing up as kids because you're taking on adults responsibility so you know i think it's yeah amazing that you guys I are mean, doing it i mean
1: it came with good things because we had to mature a lot quicker and i mean we were the first well we we know how to cook which is a lot more than a lot of our friends know how to do we like we we can clean and like you know so like it brought all of those good habits forward yeah but it just so happened it was under a a not so great circumstance yeah Yeah, and i think it would have been a lot harder if we hadn't met ronnie yeah especially towards like, we were, met Ronnie towards the end of our we caring had, journey. We had one retreat with Ronnie and then mum passed and then the second one was two weeks after she passed. Yeah. So, so I think, it, like, the kids that go up there, I think they're just super thankful and lucky, which is, mm. which is good.
0: So how did you meet Ronnie?
1: So we were uh, invited to go up to a retreat through... Care's Queensland. Carers, Queensland. Um, and so we went up to their first one and it was kind of like their trial. Um, it was the first young carers program we participated in. And, it was, and that they had. And it went really well. And then we went back again. Ronnie invited us back. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when we went up there, we were like, we want to help. Yeah. Okay, like, is there anything we can do? We want to be supportive because we knew at the end of the day our caring journey was coming it, to yeah, an end. It wasn't. So we thought, well, if ours yeah. is coming to an end, we might as well help other people. Mm. Um, and so she's helped us a lot. <laughs> My dog has the disease. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we met Ronnie through Carers Queensland, and then um, I went through FSG and saw a social worker uh, through FSG. And so that's basically. I mean, they long, They no longer exist she <laughs> yet. But
0: can you be more specific? Specific on how. Uh, mm-hmm. Caris Foundation uh, in Queensland help you guys. Like, do what kind of um, they give you guys?
1: Um, it gave us the opportunity to connect with people who were in the same situation, which I didn't realize I needed. needed. So when we first got up there, they had the entire morning planned, and we <laughs> we just spent the entire morning talking well, with other yeah. people our age, venting. We were just venting for like two hours with people we had never met before and we're still friends with those people today yeah we're still friends with sarah yeah and um i didn't realize i needed that much, as much as i it actually really helped and yeah yeah and then she, she helps with like relaxation and meditation and she gives you the tools to cope at home yeah so stress. like everything mm-hmm. you learn like relaxation meditation art therapy general therapy it's all stuff that you can take home to do. So if you're ever feeling frustrated, you can do that stuff at home. Um, um, yeah, and yeah, and you can always message someone that you've been on a retreat with and be like, "Hey, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I just need to vent for a moment." And they can unders- like, they can empathize. Like our friends are great, and they can like they they can sympathize with us, but, but they they don't, they don't understand. really understand. Like they don't know what it's like. But these mm. people, they know what it's like. So they can be like, oh, I 100% get that. This is what I do and I find this helps. Um, yeah, like it, it's great. It honestly changed my life, which sounds like a big thing yeah. to say, but it, it really did. Yeah. That's,
0: that's fantastic. So um, so what are you doing now for Carers Foundation?
1: Um, so we came on as um, Young Carer Ambassadors, the... D- in 20, 2017, 2017? so just after, uh, two months after our mum died, Ronnie reached out and was like, because you're like no longer caring, you have all the, uh, have all this free time. <laughs> um, I would really like you guys to come on board and to be an ambassador for people who have been in your situation and get the word out and just be an advocate for young people who are in a caring role. So we we've done that. Um, and at the moment, yeah, we volunteer. We volunteer our time at retreats. Yeah, we, go um, up. we go up and help, and not necessarily mentor, but um, connect with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, stay the night, participate in all the activities they do, um, just give them advice, really. And on um, the behind the scenes, we help yeah. come up with ideas, um, we go to fundraisers, um, we're currently we're doing, doing social, social media. media. Um, so all of the social media is done by yeah on their <laughs> face at the moment. Instagram is all done by us. Um, um, we're in the middle of helping with fundraising ideas, mm. event planning, um, all the fun stuff, all the fun stuff. We're overall just helping her out. We're trying to raise awareness, really. Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, friends around me who became carers, a few friends became carers, and then I really wanted to find out from their point of view because a lot of emphasis of being on. Uh, people that, that are sick or have issues, but not so much on carers. And I know there's a yeah. lot, of uh, carers out there, you know, you know, untrained, unsupported. That's why I was, my friend was like, you know, so I was really interested in her point of view because she cared for her mom and, and her mom passed away six months ago. And she was mm-hmm. quite uh, grateful that I chatted to her. Uh, make this video for her because she says it's it's time. She needs she, she needs to get it out, and she says exactly the same thing because she spoke to someone that's gone through that same experience as her, and it really helped her. Uh, in yeah, that. yeah
1: it, does. it does. You know the same just, experience. Yeah, just to know you're not alone. It yeah. really it it does change it um, dramatically the perspective that you have. Because it's really easy to get down in the dumps and do the woe is me thing. But then when you broaden your horizons and you realize that there are like thousands of other people going through the same things, it really puts it into perspective as well. Yeah.
0: So if you were to give uh, a new carer's uh, advice, what would that be?
1: Um, I would say my advice is always therapy. And because... I don't you know. really do need a place where you can vent. Yeah, to someone who doesn't have anything to gain from it. So, like, yeah, they're not biased to, like, your family and they're not biased to you. Yeah. And also s- seek out resources. Like, mm. um, you never really know if you're eligible for something unless you try. And we mm. found that out the hard way. <laughs> uh, we were we didn't realise we were eligible for anything, Um and then it just turned out that Carers Queensland were like, yeah, you can go to this retreat. And we weren't, we weren't part of anything. We were barely part of Carers Queensland. Um, and then we went up to the Carers Foundation and people, one of the girls was talking about FSG and then we became part of FSG. Yeah. But, so I would say seek out resources and seek out people that can help you, like therapy, counselling. Um, if you're a young carer, speak to your school. Yeah. Um, because they won't know anything about it unless you tell them um, yeah like our school was well aware that we were helping out yeah we um it it's the uh, yeah school schooling is a big one because if you if for instance the 13 year old is the sole carer and provider for their family it, it's really hard to do schoolwork on top of that responsibility yeah so if the school doesn't know they're not going to be able to help and I'd say the same if you're working. Like if you're if you're juggling a part-time job as well as caring for a family member, I'd also let them know. Um, yeah, I I told my uni way too late. I told my uni three months before mum died that I was in a caring position. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I I don't know it's, it's something that it's not necessarily you're ashamed of it. It's just something you don't advertise to people, right? So like. I was like, oh, they don't really need to know. Like, I don't... And then when I told them, they were like, oh, we can help you with all of this stuff. Like, we can provide on-campus counselling, we can help you academically, we can... And I was like, oh, I should have told you this 12 months ago. It would have changed my entire university experience. Really just advocate for yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a great word, advocate for yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, can you imagine doing this on your own? Because you are you are a set of twins, right? There's families that's got one children, or you know, doing most of it. Yeah, we. Um, can you imagine? Yeah, we were. On your own?
1: I don't think I could even imagine trying to do it on my own. We were extremely fortunate that we also have dad in the picture. Like a lot of the people that come out, are I, single parent families. They're the only person, like teenagers, they're the only person providing an income. I couldn't even imagine doing that. No, I, I don't even, yeah, a lot of the kids, the kids especially, come out with depression, suicidal thoughts because, you know, they're dealing with this burden on their own and they haven't had a break. Like, they're going to school, they're going to work. By the time they finish work, they've got to get home and cook dinner for their siblings and their mum who can't look after them. Yeah. You know, they're the sole provider. And um, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I mean, not without like, help anyway. Yeah. I, I commend people that are able to do, do it by themselves because we were really fortunate that we didn't have to.
0: Yeah. And how important is dad being there? Like, you know, how, how important, like, what, what kind of role dad really plays for you guys?
1: I mean, when mum was sick, it was, he, he was going to work. So he was the income provider for our household yeah um which meant we weren't able to work because we were at home looking after mum and then we were at uni so we didn't have an income ourselves so dad was the income and then he also on the, like on the weekends he took more more of the caring role just because it gave us he was break. home and it's yeah I wouldn't even call it caring like it, I mean, <laughs> it is. it's so hard It it is caring but it's more just spending time with family like you know, like, if it was a good day for mum, we'd go to the beach and take our dog for a walk or, like, you know, um, go up to the shops or um, just get out of the house, go for a drive even. Mm. But if it was a bad day, we'd all just sit on the couch, watch TV. Um, I, yeah, dad played a big role in helping us mentally, I think. And he was mum's emotional support as well. Yeah.
0: So, do you talk to your dad when you have frustration? Like you know, we earlier we talk about frustration and someone you can talk to. Do you talk to dad about, uh, for example, you have a hard day? Do you talk to your dad about the stuff you're going through mentally, physically, and emotionally?
1: Yes. Yeah. I used to talk to mom about it as well. Um, yeah, dad was more of my venting outlet. Yeah, I used to talk to mom all the time, so we used to have a lot of heart yeah. to heart. So, um, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's, okay. So yeah. what's, what's something that, what's something that you learn from this experience? Yeah. What is one thing that you want to tell people that you've learned from this experience?
1: Um, it's a hard question because I feel like I've learned a lot, but it's not necessarily one thing. Mine is probably going to be really Self-worth. sad, <laughs> but,
0: um, maybe, maybe not one thing, but maybe uh, uh, something that's really important for you that you want people. To I think, no. For me,
1: I personally grief makes you stronger. <laughs> um, yeah, grief isn't exactly what people say it is. So, people talk about seven stages of grief and how, um, what it's all like for them. But for me, I did all of my grieving before Mum even passed away because she was in yeah. hospital for a month and a half, and then she was in palliative care, and I did. A lot of my grieving while she was in hospital. So when she was, when she passed away, it wasn't exactly a sadness I felt. It, it was, was freedom. <laughs> freedom. And it sounds really yeah. bad, but it's so normal to feel that because all of a sudden I could just go and live a normal life. Um, like I didn't have to be bound to looking after her. I could go and, I could just go to the movies whenever I wanted to. I didn't have to worry about it. And it and felt and really weird. It feels so guilty and it, but it's so normal. Okay. And I think people don't understand that enough. So, what have you learned? <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't know, grief isn't exactly what people say it is. And it's not a textbook thing. And it's really personal to the individual. Yeah. And that just because people say you're going to feel all these things doesn't, doesn't necessarily you. mean you will. It, you will. And I think for me, that was my biggest learning curve. My biggest learning curve was life doesn't. Doll. yeah <laughs> you know um like everyone was like oh your life is gonna stop like you're gonna be so heartbroken and it's like yeah it was heartbroken but like yeah. life keeps going I and so you've got to, you, you've you've got to, like <laughs> you just kind of have to move on move on, on. I, I, and I as bad as that sounds the best thing you can do is make the steps to move forward on with life which is mm-hmm. like you know we were overcome with grief by mum, but we were also helping other people in a carer's roles with Bonnie while that was happening, and that helped us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a big wake-up that the world just doesn't stop because I took three days off, u- off uni and then went straight back. Yeah. I, I, because I was working, so I, I went to work. Yeah. <laughs> and, For know, me, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you also... As sad as it sounds, you realise who your real friends are as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing how many people can't deal with it because they can't handle it. And it's like, you can't handle it. I'm living it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I mean, we didn't have a funeral for mum. We scattered her ashes at Coolum Beach, um, the dog beach, so she could be surrounded by dogs. One of the happiest days of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we party. Yeah, the whole time. It was you know so what fun. she did for us? It rained yeah. the whole time. We went to go scatter ashes at the beach and she stormed just for us. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know if me. any of that made sense, but that's what we were.
0: <laughs> no, it makes sense. It's, it's just your way of dealing with uh, a green... Hmm her passing and all that. No, it totally makes sense because everyone deals with it differently. You know, there's no...
1: Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, there's
0: no standard. You know, we are so mm. uh, conditioned to uh, a standard of grieving, a standard like, you know, you've got to have, you have to put your body in the casket and all that sort of stuff and you have to do this. Yeah. In fact, it's, it, that, all that doesn't matter because as long as yeah. it means something to you, however you want it, yeah. where, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be. We shouldn't conform yeah. to to social norm or standards, because I hate those. That's why I'm like, "Eh." I (laughs) totally understand, you know, you know, sure. Scatter the ashes at the dog beach because that's your happy place, right? That's, that's how you want to remember her. Maybe that's her happy Mm -hmm. place too, or that's how you want to. Now
1: we can take the dogs to go visit her. It's great. (laughs) I
0: know we talk about, uh, support is really important. Talking to a psychiatrist is really important. Uh, reach out for help earlier you know we talk about uh a different expectation you know is there something yeah. else that you think that people might it's important that you know
1: um you're just not alone yeah that you're not alone but also that it can happen to anyone anytime anywhere at any age like it's so easy for people to sit back and judge and be like oh you know i would have done this differently and it's like well it may happen to you one day. It only takes one diagnosis or phone call and then you're in that role. And it doesn't matter how young or old you are, it can happen. And it doesn't necessarily have to, like, for us, we talk a lot of a lot of the time about full-time carers, like whether they're full-time parents looking after the disabled children um, or like us who were in a, like a semi-full-time role. But like there are a lot of kids that do things without even realising um, oh yeah like siblings like siblings. siblings are disabled like um when their brothers or sisters are disabled yeah I feel yeah they get looked up looked over quite a bit because they're young but they're still affected by it they still have to do more or yeah. their parents attention isn't necessarily on their life it's more on the other kids yeah yeah that's, that. that's really what I was gonna say i i mean at the end of the day like as, like at the Carers Foundation we want to help people but we can't help people unless they reach out mm-hmm. you know we can do so much advocating for unpaid carers but we need them to reach out to us to help them yeah and I think you know reaching out is just the start it's the first step it's the first step and it's the most important step um that's about it
0: well say yeah. you ladies have fantastic stories and experience Thank you. You know, what an experience to be honest. I I, I couldn't Mm -hmm. imagine myself going through what you guys have gone through. So amazing. You guys are so young and so well spoken, so together, really. I'm like,
1: oh, Oh, thank (laughs) you.
0: (laughs) So, what are you grateful for today?
1: Um, I'm grateful for my family and friends and the support network that I have. I would also agree. I'm I'm thankful for the support network. I'm thankful for my dog, Arlo, who's chewing on the chair here. Um, And I'm thankful for Ronnie. Ronnie does a lot for us. Yes. And I think she deserves to know that. (laughs) She deserves the recognition. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've just heard, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you once again.